Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. Hello and welcome to Where to Go. I'm James Atkinson, Senior Brand Manager at DK Witness. And I'm Lucy Richards, Senior Editor at DK Witness. And welcome to Where to Go, where every fortnight we find out more about the world's favourite travel destinations with the people who know those places best. <laughs> Lucy, I, I, don't, I really hope we actually live up to that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that line in this episode. So I, I can only apologise, listener, for what you're about to hear. Uh, <laughs> This is it is pretty self indulgent what we're about to do. It is a little bit self indulgent. It's true, but we we how many episodes of the podcast have we done now? I think we're coming up to seventy ish. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. So maybe we're allowed a bit of self indulgence. But as you will have heard separately, me and Lucy are both going to be leaving the podcast for a little bit of time to welcome our new families, I guess. Yes. Yes. And so it's a very exciting time. And producer Julia has really indulged us in letting us have an episode where we talk about all things London, because Lucy, this is the last episode we're recording together for quite some time. It's really strange. It's really, really strange and lovely. I have to say, actually, for a final episode, thank you, Julia, for indulging us and saying, yes, "Yes, you could do this. But it's really (laughs) odd because, you know, this has been in the three years we've been doing this three years um, and like the amount of episodes we've put out i mean i'm absolutely shocked by the listenership numbers i'll, I'll be honest with you this time. Yeah, i know <laughs> but the way we've kind of kept it going but the amazing amazing people we've spoken to the amazing yeah. places we've gone yeah i think it's a true testament to kind of how wide the dk net spreads and yeah just like kind of how much there is to discuss about travel it's it's been fascinating so yeah yeah you might not get the world's foremost expert voices here. I mean, I'm talking mainly for myself, <laughs> no. uh, not and not Lucy, in terms of those are the people who know those places best. But I think, me, Lucy, we we do know London fairly well. We How do. long have you lived in London? So in March 2024, it will be 10 years I've lived in London. Ah. So it was mainly, it was about nine years, just under nine years in East London. So to be honest, I mainly know East London, which you might be hearing (laughs) a fair amount of in my quickfire round. And then a year ago, I moved to South East London, not far from you, actually, James. Yes. And this is why our children are being delivered at the same hospital (laughs) in a really weird twist of fate, like a couple (laughs) of weeks apart. We're still getting over it, listener, I think. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, but yeah, I moved down in 2009, so quite a long time ago now. A long time, yeah. Over 14 years ago. So yeah, shortly after university, I'm from the north of England, so from Middlesbrough, and had kind of gone back there for a few months. And then Beth, who is now my wife, is a Londoner born and bred, was never ever going to leave. So it ended up being here that I came are. down here. Yeah. <laughs> and the rest is kind of history. But yeah, I have also, I've lived in a few different places. I've kind of, I always had family living in Southwest London, in Wimbledon. Mm-hmm. I originally lived in Broccoli in South East London, Lovely. then made my way up east to um, sort of Old Street and Bethnal Green and lived yeah. that way for quite a few years. And then came back down to South London and lived in Borough for quite a while. And now I'm in South East London like you. So I've, I know quite a few places apart from the Northwest. I'm I really know. Sorry. <laughs> I, I have to say, yeah, I sort of, I, I think I, I feel like actually generally speaking, East London, I just know, like North River East, South yep. River East, I actually yep. feel quite comfortable with. But generally yep. West, I include South West London in that. Like the likes of Clapham and Ballon are very well trodden areas that I don't feel like I know at all. And <laughs> North London and North West and West London, I'm not an expert. So there's a definite South East and East bias in my quick fire round but that's maybe okay because actually lots of central london gets talked about a lot i'm trying to make ourselves feel better i'm really sorry what northwest london is <laughs> tell us your favorite recommendations yes, find please. us on social media and we're tell gonna have us a lot of free time send yeah. us to places to explore <laughs> absolutely absolutely <laughs> tell us where we're missing so the format of today is a little bit different we are going to basically do a sort of prolonged quick fire round so to be honest we have so many different recommendations it was always going to be this way. I think we could try and make a stab at a very short quick fire round, but I think we'd fail miserably, Lucy. So let's break the rules. Let's, let's break do yeah. a really long quick fire round. It's our last one. It's our last one together. Let's give listeners a taste of our London and why we love it, why we like it. Let's do it. So we are going to kick off with your favourite view of London. So my favourite view, it's not its not my favourite park, but my favourite view is in Greenwich Park. So it's up okay. by the observatories. So you have to kind yep. of schlep up that hill and it is pretty steep. And it's then very much a schlep. It a... is, it's a real schlep. But then you can sit on the grass outside Greenwich Observatory and you've got sort of like Greenwich Park all tumbling down below you. And then you can see the old Naval College and Queen's House. And you're on a bend in the Thames. You've got like a really mm-hmm. lovely angle of the Thames. And on the other side of the water, you've got Canary Wharf. So you've got kind of the new and the old. And Greenwich Park is always just, you know, Londoners really do love their parks. So Greenwich Park's always just so busy with picnickers and dog walkers and families. And if you've done that schlep, you can go to Gales in Greenwich and get yourself a sausage roll and some cakes <laughs> and then walk <laughs> up that hill and then enjoy a like an alfresco picnic with lovely views. Yep. That's my favourite view. It's a great one. I mean, I think Greenwich Park really kind of has a bit of everything. It's got history. It's got kind of, um, it's got the riverside views and it's got a ginormous hill to schlep up as well. <laughs> yeah, it's a big <laughs> hill, but it's worth it. It's worth it for the view. James, your favourite view. Okay, right. It, it's a similar part of the world, actually. And it's, um, I was quite inspired, actually, by Dane uh, in our Thailand episode the other week, where he said, like, his favourite view can be from the ground up, in a way. It doesn't have to be yes. up high. 
And you know, I kind of love running. I kind of rediscovered my love of running in lockdown and have pounded the pavements in, around London for the last couple of years. But um, yeah. one of my favorite sort of running routes that I've kind of found, and particularly this year actually, is running the quieter bit of the Thames path that runs between Woolwich and Greenwich so actually ends in Greenwich as well so you can you can schlep up the hill afterwards if you want to yeah Yeah, (laughs) but yeah it's uh well you can run down there you can walk down there you can cycle down there etc there's not too much to see in Woolwich but when you get onto it it's completely silent Mm. and you will see some of the kind of lesser known lovely bits of the Thames so you'll see the enormous Thames barrier you'll see the planes coming into London City Airport yeah you'll, you'll sort, of, sort of start to like meander through building sites and like there's a few random pubs like dotted along there and then suddenly you're out in sort of going towards Canary Wharf going towards the cable cars yes. and you know you can do it and I've run it a couple of times now where you don't see a single soul for for quite a while it's really peaceful there's no noise and it's just a way of like kind of seeing some of the amazing heritage that London has in just a really really lovely quiet way and that mean you kind of forget that the Thames is actually quite a stunning massive river yes it sometimes. really is yeah so yeah yeah that's that's kind of mine and I think so I've kind of cheated it's several views it's a, it's a moving <laughs> already view breaking your own rules James I know I know I know <laughs> already going on to <laughs> yeah so it's multiple things but no it's uh, um but that but that's like one of my favorite bits of London and and yeah to end it in Greenwich as well and and then have all of the kind of museums and culture in Greenwich and cafes um, yeah absolutely there's lots of rewards there there's some great like kind of pubs in Greenwich as well like you can totally. just, just yeah. sit and have a pint on the river to finish up so yeah sorry if that's a bit of a cheat I, I'm really feeling guilty to all the guests <laughs> we've put through <laughs> this before so are you ready this I think is always the trickiest one Lucy I know it's going to be for you your favorite thing to eat yeah this one's really really hard and I've gone I've I've I do have a list which I'm not going to go through but I think what I've really struggled with is the fact that we are so spoiled in London mm. and we have every kind of cuisine type. If you want Vietnamese food yep. within 30 minutes, wherever you are in London, you could probably get it. Yep. Same for Italian, same for Ethiopian. And I could tell you where to go for the best Kachawi Pepe or the best ramen. But I was thinking about it and I was like, mm, actually, if someone's coming to London or if it's the weekend, I think what I really love to eat is a roast a Sunday roast yes okay and you know we're recording this sort of on the cusp of autumn yeah but I would say that Hampstead is the place to go again after a ramble on Hampstead Heath Mm -hmm. and then to kind of hole up in a really cozy pub and have a proper roast lunch maybe with a roaring fire that for me is the best way to spend a Sunday and and again, there are loads of pubs in Hampstead that do great roasts, but I'd say Spaniards Inn and the Hollybush. I know both of those do excellent roasts. I could honestly list 10 more <laughs> sort of dishes or experiences, but it's like the most wonderfully British thing to do. And it's and honestly, London does some great roasts, but I think Hampstead is the place to have a roast yeah I've heard I've heard really good things about Spaniards in Hampstead is one of the areas of London I've not explored to ah. the fullest yet and I need to get up there at some point you I do just, yeah. it's like the, I think it's how a lot of sort of people envisage London like that kind of love actually sort of London that yeah, sort of yeah. cozy beautiful ultimately very moneyed London but it is it's just so 
it's really really charming the heath is amazing Hampstead Heath is just you know vast mm. and yeah thankfully there are some just really great cozy pubs and oh, this is the time of year to be going to these pubs to have yes. a lovely roast lunch anyway James tell Absolutely. me your, fav- your favourite thing to eat Ah, oh, this is so hard. Uh, as you know, my wife is a chef. Yes. I did think this. I was like, God, James is going to find this impossible. I mean, thankfully, she doesn't work in restaurants anymore, so I don't have to choose one of her <laughs> restaurants. <laughs> I don't feel obliged. Okay, I went through like loads and loads and loads of things. I have too many notes written down here about where the, where the best curry is, etc. Maybe that's for another time. Yeah. But I went massively with my sweet tooth, actually. And, um, Good. So lots of people will have heard of St. John's. Yes. You know, there's there's quite a few through London. There's one sort of like in the old meat market near Farringdon, and then there's Smithfield Market. That's the name of it. And yeah. there's one uh, there's one in Spitalfields too. But what a lot of people don't know is that St John's have incredible bakeries, and you can actually get St John's sourdough and bread in loads of like independent delis across London um, so good food over the road from me in Catford has even has it at weekends there's a St John's bakery just near Maltby Street Market where you can get uh, get bread get sweet treats etc from but they also opened a tiny tiny bakery shop on what's called Borough Corner so opposite Borough tube station it's very near where I used to live yes they horribly opened it like a year before I moved out of that area <laughs> so I, had, I only had one sweet year of uh of enjoying this but they <laughs> I mean they do incredible sandwiches like big doorsteppy sandwiches like mm. amazing egg sandwiches some of the best in London see I'm sneaking loads of extra things into my answer this is uh, very sneaky <laughs> yeah yes. absolutely but the thing I wanted to talk <laughs> about is the donuts and um, the donuts are just just some of the best things I've ever ever eaten in particular the custard donut the vanilla custard donut just mm. magically sort of like creamy if you've gone for like a big walk if you've done the Thames path if you're kind of like you know, um, I think London Bridge is a great sort of meeting point across London because it's right in the middle. You can go off and do loads of activities and then walk back towards that area. It's just the perfect tonic for like the end of an afternoon. Yeah, James, you're so. saying this to a pregnant lady. Honestly, I would I would <laughs> smash that donut right now. I really, really would. <laughs> I'm not pregnant. I would smash that donut right now. <laughs> Hello Where To Go listeners, it's James here. It's coming up to Christmas and what greater gift could there possibly be than the promise of future adventures? So we've teamed up with our friends at WH Smith for a very special offer. Until the 7th of January, you can get 20% off any Decal Witness travel guide, including all of our Eyewitness, Top 10 and Like A Local guides. To claim your discount online, simply go to whsmith.co.uk, choose your book and enter the code Eyewitness20. And in any high street store, visit the link in our episode bio and show the QR code at the checkout. Offer excludes delivery costs, excludes stores at airports, railway stations, motorway service stations, hospitals, garden centres and workplaces and books by WH Smith at Selfridges, Harrods, Phoenix and Arnott's. Full T's and C's available at whsmith.co.uk forward slash terms. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So on to favorite thing to drink. Yes. What are you going for, Luce? Well, I am going to be cheeky here. I'm going to give a shout out to... London has so many great cocktail bars. I think mm. there are about five on the current 50 best bars in the world. Yeah. Five of them are in London. But I want to give a shout out to Coupette in Bethnal Green. It's like a diagon alley kind of, you know, blink and you'd miss it type cocktail bar. And they do a champagne pina colada that is just the most delicious thing. Google it, listeners. There are articles on it. It's worth the hype. But... More generally, sort of returning to the the Thames, I really do feel like the Thames is kind of the beating heart of London. And yep. I have to say, I think my sort of year round, what I, my, my drink of choice would be, which obviously I can't have either of these drinks right now, but my drink of choice is like a cold pint of cider, Ideally yep. in Wapping in a beer garden, yep. at like Captain Kidd or the Prospect of Whitby. Yep. Two great pubs. Um, which is especially the prospect of Whitby, which is on the site of the city's oldest tavern, and it's really mm-hmm. eerie. Like it used to be an execution site, and yep. pirates used to drink there. But with like a really cold pint and the, the Thames like sloshing up against the pub wall, it is. You sort of feel like you're on a ship in either of those pubs. Actually, <laughs> it's just unbeatable. Listeners, go to Wapping. Do a, do a pub crawl in Wapping, but definitely go to the Captain Kid and the Prospect of Whitby and have a lovely beer, but I suggest a nice cider. James, your favourite thing to drink? Uh, I, 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 have, I have to go for beer here. <laughs> and yeah, I think, I think it's great that you shouted out to the cocktail side of London as well, because London has an amazing spirit scene at the minute and there's loads going on. But I think since I've lived in London, I actually moved to London from York. And yes. York has an amazing beer scene. It's um, loads of local breweries. It's one of those, there's loads of places in the UK that claims like the most pubs per person in the UK. Yeah. And, and yeah. York, York, I think, has like quite a good good shout at it. When I moved down to London, I was a little bit disappointed. There wasn't like kind of as many sort of like craft beers or independent beers or anything interesting going on. That has massively changed in yeah. the sort of 14 years I've been down here. There is just tons and tons of local breweries too many almost to mention but um the one and it's pretty famous i just want to give a shout out to because i don't think you can find it in too many places other than london is colonel yes their breweries near london bridge it's kind of on the bermondsey beer mile yeah and what i really like about their beer and this is as I get older. I know what you're going to say. <laughs> is that they have some weaker beers that are absolutely yeah. delicious. So um, their table yeah. beer, they make each batch like individually and it can range between about 2.7% and 3.5%. But it's perfectly sessionable. You can get a real buzz from it, but it's uh, not going to kill you the next day necessarily. <laughs> well, you're going to need that, you know, when you're a dad. Absolutely, absolutely. Well. Yes, yes, exactly. So that's what I'm hoping for. So, so Colonel's a great shout, but I'd, I'd say, and this is in like a local London, the Bermondsey BMR, it's getting a bit over-touristed, but with yeah. a really good reason. Yeah. There's some just amazing breweries to explore there. Keep going, push down the line. You'll find some great ones. But 
top tip, Walthamstow. Walthamstow's yes. got a beer mile, but it's growing. So if Bermondsey's too busy for you, folks, go to Walthamstow. Yeah, Wildcard in, in Walthamstow is a great one. That's a really good shout. There you go. There we go. Okay, cool. So museum or gallery, Lucy? It, maybe it's obvious and it's one of the big ones, but the V&A, hands mm. down, is my favourite museum. It's all about decorative arts and design and genuinely I could spend days wandering its sculpture galleries and fashion displays. But the reason I think I love the V&A is because they do the best exhibitions, like temporary exhibitions, covering everything from Hallyu to Frida Kahlo to the history of underwear and evolution of wedding dresses. Like, it's they, they're just such good exhibitions. And they do this great shop, a beautiful cafe. And I also wanted to give them a shout out because their lates are the best. Mm. They stay late on the last Friday of the month and they have, like, DJ sets and cocktails and special talks and performances. And you just then have this stunning museum sort of you know in much kind of like no kids yep and it's much more intimate it's just i just think it's the best museum in london do, do you want to know something lucy go on i've never been i should go. i need to go <laughs> you should go and you should go in one of the lates you should yeah. go in a late before babies come absolutely absolutely and i know you guys had a field trip there because we had our new book hell is career you guys went to That's see right. the hallyu exhibition and yeah. there's a day i couldn't do i think i was on holiday oh, James. And yeah you must go honestly i think you'd love yeah. it anyway james your favorite museum or gallery okay i i found this really tricky because there's so many in london like the, the british museum is one of the world's best museums i mean there, there's there's some problematic discourse around the British Museum but yes but in terms of the collections they're just wonderful but I've gone for like a, a one of London's smaller museums and a bit off the beaten track Good. and actually local to us Lucy having exiled ourselves to southeast London but yep. uh I'm gonna say the lovely Horniman Museum yeah just in a fo- sort of forest hillway well, I've not been, yeah, so there you okay. go. We've not been to each other. So, so remind me, tell me about the Horniman Museum. So it's it's not exactly the biggest collection, but it's just got a lot of curiosities. Um, there's an anthropological theme to their collection. So lots of like kind of taxidermy, sort of like things from early, early life. I think it all sort of started from um, sort of like private collections. And it's a good one for like the nerdily curious, but it's also super, super family friendly. There's lots of like funny, funny looking stuff in there. <laughs> <laughs> but the real gem of it, and maybe I'm cheating here with like the definition of a, a museum, but it's got wonderful gardens that have an amazing view of London from the back of it. It also has these kind of open air, like kind of musical instruments. I've been there with my nieces, for instance, and like playing on some of those. They kind of use the wind of the hill to make natural music through it. So that's really cool. It's just one of London's best picnic spots as well, but a little bit off the beaten track. But Forest Hill is sort of becoming one of South London's cooler spots. There's loads of great pubs around there, bakeries, etc. So definitely worth a shout. And actually London's best Weatherspoons is over the road too, which is in an old cinema. (laughs) Look, the whole itinerary sorted. For any any international (laughs) listeners, Weatherspoons is a bit of an institution of cheaper pubs in the UK. Yeah, yeah. Which are usually usually all look the same, but the Forest Hill Weatherspoons is in this old Art Deco cinema (laughs) and it's wonderful. It's got a really cool vibe to it. All right, so we are nearly done. Let's wrap it up with your perfect day in London. Day activity. So it would be an exploration of my old neck in the woods, which is East London. So we'd begin in Victoria Park, which is called the People's Park because it was laid out in Victorian times purposely for the poor East Enders who lived in cramped conditions mm-hmm. and it really does feel like a local park. So maybe we pick up a coffee from the Pavilion Cafe in Victoria, which I've done with producer Julia. And then 
then you'll walk along Bethnal Green Road and down to Brick Lane and perhaps stop there for a famous bagel. And then I'd skirt around the fringes of Spitalfields where all the sort of beautiful terraced houses are and walk to Columbia Road. And Columbia Road's known for its Sunday flower market, which is Mm. really fun if you're there on a Sunday. But I actually think you should go on any other day of the week because Sundays can be very busy when it's a flower market but I love Columbia Road because it's just lined with independent shops it's a great place to pick up a souvenir or do any like Christmas shopping and then again there's a theme with mine which is ironic because I'm pregnant and can't drink but there's a great pub there called the Royal Oak which is this beautiful old wood panelled pub so then you can reward your your tired legs with a sit down at the round bar there and um, it's like a proper old school boozer and have a pint and admire all your purchases and just generally soak up all of that like East End spirit. So that is my, oh God, that is the perfect day, genuinely. <laughs> that is a great day. I love that itinerary. I haven't lived in East London for quite a few years now. I used to live in Bethnal Green about seven or eight years ago. And yeah, yeah. it's one. It, it's never changed. It's, it's a wonderful place to walk no, around. Yeah. It never lets you down, yeah. that, that walk. Anyway, James, so your favourite day activity. Okay, I'm going to break the rules and say two things. Because... <laughs> um, <laughs> Because I can't not. So I'm going to talk a bit about a weird thing that you can only find in London and South East England. So I've never seen this game anywhere else. It's really great. And every time uh, I have some friends coming into London this afternoon, I'm hoping we can find a table to do it. But it's bar billiards. I don't know if you've heard about this, Lucy. Yes, I have a friend of a friend who is obsessed with bar billiards. And I think he explained it to me and I just couldn't get my head around it. <laughs> I'm going to try. <laughs> so so for those who don't know, yeah, I think it's only ever played in South East England and mostly in London. It's a sort of raised pool table. So you, you're kind of like putting the ball down one way. You shoot the ball from one place at all times. And there's like several holes across this pool table that have different scores attached to them and basically it's all time-based and if you pot one of the balls you get you score 50 let's say and then you might pot another one and get 20 and if you pot one you get to get take another turn if you miss then it passes over to whoever you're playing with so you can have like multiple players you can like kind of there there can be four or five of you at the same time and um, basically it's just really really frenetic like um because it's on a timer i think it's about sort of 10 minutes or so the timer yeah um, all of the tables are quite old and antique so you'll hear it ticking along at the same time when you're playing and it just becomes quite frantic it's an amazing pub game it's it gets funnier after a few pints and you can only find them in like kind of some quite old uh, old school pubs in London so I know the Glasshouse stores which is in Soho has one but the best table in my experience is at the Pembury Tavern in Hackney which is also a really really great pub does great pizzas too cool. but yeah it's really hard to explain without, without like kind of being able to like pull it out there but it's just brilliant and yeah yeah I, I don't know I get a bit bored of pool or snooker after like a game or two whereas um it just keeps it's a gift that keeps giving but yeah. my my second yeah. thing and I'm sorry for breaking the rules but I think right. this is quite an important one post-covid is is just go to a gig so I am super super passionate about London's music scene I believe it's the best city in the world for gigs and bands and the industry really needs support to keep going it's had a really there's so many people I know who've worked in the music industry and had to like quit it during the 
COVID era and and so many venues that have closed down as well. But I, I used to put on yeah. gigs as a sort of side hustle, I guess, with uh, with my friends in the city. And I used to play in bands as well. And it's the best thing I've ever done. Like loads of my friends, uh, my whole community of friends are from that circle. And there's just a real sort of like, there was a real DIY spirit to some of the smaller gigs and venues that you go to in London. So I would honestly potluck just look down the listings take a pick and you'll probably find something good there's loads of amazing smaller venues so the Shacklewell Arms in Dalston I think is a really really world-class one sometimes gets brilliant bands Lexington King's Cross is more yeah. well known but really really good and Moth Club in Hackney as well is a great yes. one but you'll find gigs all over one of my favorite gigs I played in London was paying a vintage shop called Paper Dress Vintage in Hackney and that was really really bizarre yes. just playing in, yeah. in amongst loads of uh <laughs> like kind of rows of clothes etc so you'll you'll find you'll find all sorts going on all the time but that scene <laughs> it, it's so integral to to London to my personal history of London and it just needs people's support right now so that's that's my little one and um I think good tip James thank you I think that's the end of it isn't it Lucy I think that's uh yeah is that I, I mean obviously we could talk about London you know to the cows come home but uh I think we've given a good... Uh, there's definite East and South London bias there. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I'm sorry, West London. I, <laughs> I just don't know yeah, you as well. me too, <laughs> me too. I feel a bit bad, but at the same time, there's loads. We just know there's loads of great stuff in South and East London and and as well as North and West London as well, obviously. You know, thinking back to um, our Paris episode with Lindsay as well that we recorded really recently, there is... Uh, so much more to explore on the margins of of London and totally I would just say there's absolutely tons to see in central London you can go to the British Museum you can go to the Riverside etc but venture out Mm. you know go go to the margins and you'll find some real real gems and I think that's where also you probably will find the real London which is the London that Londoners live in and love yeah absolutely There's quite a lot of recommendations you put forward there that I'm quite excited to try. Same. And the Colonel Table Beer. What a good answer, James. Yeah, it's, um, I don't know. It's my old age talking a little bit, but (laughs) (laughs) I just... I just need I just need something lighter these days. Not to say there are plenty of great stronger beers around London, and um, yeah, highly recommend going out and trying as many as possible. Um, yeah, London is within very reason. Much great... Do it sensibly. Really. With it, within yeah. reason, London's a great beer city these days. So, just for a little bit of final indulgence, Lucy, I'm sure if you haven't switched off already, Lucy, <laughs> I really hope not. <laughs> So, listener, if you'll allow us one final indulgence, because Lucy won't be doing the podcast for quite a while, so at least a year, and then who knows what the world will look like at that point. I know, yeah, so true. Who knows what the what, and what the situation with the podcast will be? Yeah, I mean, we've got like, um, listener, don't worry, we do have an amazing team at Decal Witness. You'll have heard quite a few guests, like hosts, on the podcast throughout the series, and they will be able to pick up the mantle really, really convincingly. Even dare I say much better yeah 100 100%. 100%. than we can <laughs> but um lucy this is your last one for a while so i just wanted to ask you what have been some of your highlights from the past six-ish seasons god that's hard that's like i imagine asking me to choose my favorite child <laughs> <laughs> i'm not asking you to do that just yet There's, you've only got one as yeah, well so. yeah, i've only <laughs> got one well 
off the top of my head, I remember vividly, we talked to Lola about Sweden. Second ever episode. Second yeah. ever episode. And so we were very new to it. And it was COVID. This is when we first started the podcast. It was all very homemade. We didn't have wonderful Julia or brilliant Bella then. It was just you and me. And I... I'm remembering this now. Yeah. We were <laughs> I having, know what you're going to say. We were having... I think we were having some of the cladding removed from our building. I think maybe building works were allowed to happen at this point. And it was... A, it was late 20 degrees celsius and i had to record it in my flats airing cupboard because i had that was kind of the most confined sort of podcast friendly space and lola was just wonderful like wonderfully patient with these two newbie interviewers and i just remember getting hotter and like melting more and more into the chair and probably getting less and less coherent this sort of sheen (laughs) appearing across my forehead (laughs) So that, and she was just great. She was so patient and lovely with us. Uh, she she was fantastic. Hello, Lola, if you're listening. But yeah. Big love to Lola. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I, I remember watching you, Lucy, and just thinking, <laughs> you're kind of melting here. Melting, yeah. I looked like I was melting. I, well, I was melting. Another really memorable episode was Libby in Nashville, because um, we mm. had Libby with Nashville when I was editing Nashville like a local. And... I was, I mean, I'm still desperate to go to Nashville. God knows when that will be. But I just loved, like, Livy's energy. And she really talked about how sort of the creative side of Nashville and the community in Nashville. And I was, as I say, I was editing the book at the time. And it just, it was a very kind of, as an editor, it's very validating. Yeah. <laughs> when you're like, oh, good, we've got this right. And mm, I just mm. loved her sort of warmth. And it was really cool to talk about a city that, you know, until I started editing Nashville, I didn't know what it was about. I want to give a big shout out to Marty for the San Sebastian episode. I, I was going to say Marty as well. She was just the best. And San Sebastian, oh, still so desperate to go. And, you know, just her talking about all the amazing food and drink. I just, that one for me. And the history side of it too. Yeah. Yes. The kind of like history and culture, the kind and of, yeah. The Basque yeah. culture. Her daughter, remember her daughter, I think her daughter's like six, speaking Basque, just to, to these old men in the countryside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Listen, I would definitely check out that episode if you haven't heard That's that That's a really good one. And then our regulars like Dan Stable, Shafik. Yep. I always look forward to hearing them on the podcast. And actually, I suppose finally my sort of favourite episodes really have been with the members of the team who you know are always well they can be a bit nervous to come on and Mm. every time they smash out the park they really do know that know their stuff they are experts and just hearing them talk about passionately about their travels what they're doing big thanks to all the decoy witness team and yeah i think those those episodes for me the team ones are really special couldn't have put it better lucy i mean i think um one of the reasons why we started this podcast was uh, was really to give a bit of a voice to the to behind or, or showcase the voices that sit behind our travel guides whether that's our amazing contributors the people we speak to when we're building them and actually the the, the staff who who make them themselves and these staff like yourself have become travel experts over totally. time i know i was totally joking at the start of the episode but <laughs> you really do know know your onions about the, the travel world and um it's you know every time we get them on they always have something amazing to say whether that's like completely you know, rachel laidler or zoe or bella or and the new and with our new beginners so alex charlie and tiana they all yeah, came yeah, on yeah a few months ago and they were absolutely brilliant all a little bit nervous and they were just fantastic and really knew their stuff so 
just sending all my love to the Deco Witness team. I won't go on because I'll get emotional and no one wants to hear that. But James, <laughs> before we go there, do you have any podcast highlights? I mean, you've, you've covered quite a lot of them. I, yeah, I've... <laughs> I mean, there was that great moment where my laptop died in the middle of the of recording the Jamaica episode of Frias. That was that was horrible. And thinking I'd probably, I think I did lose all my audio. That was great. Just what you needed. <laughs> Perfect, especially uh, and hello to Riaz, but he he was also having some technical issues as well. That was quite a, quite a tricky one. But yeah, generally like just super lovely, warm guests. I remember. It, quite amazingly for Iceland interviewing Elsa yes. in the back of her car when she was chasing a volcano yes. setting off in that was exciting in Iceland yeah. it was like during that kind of Covid time as well where we were doing nothing and like yeah. it's like <laughs> you're in a car in the middle of like, <laughs> it's a uh, volcano erupting it's, it's, it's one of those like purely sort of joyous things of like oh yeah we are kind of travelling through this podcast this is yeah. amazing even like recording the Japan episode with Zoe early, earlier in this, this season and actually when we talked to Lucy Damon in Tokyo last year but thinking that we were stretching that far and Victoria and New Zealand like the the kind of further places that I've I've Mm. always wanted to go to and Mm. I still haven't been to but I I feel like I've almost gone there a little bit through the podcast and we kind of hope in some ways you feel a little bit like that too listener but yeah hopefully some of that joy kind of comes through but as you say, I can't really pick between guests because they're they're all so great. Totally. We've been really, really lucky. We have been. But not only because we have been able to travel vicariously, but they've also been like really patient with us as you've hit on. We've had various technical issues. Yep. So thank you so much to everyone who's come on for the past six seasons. Yes. Yeah. We really appreciate all of your time and expertise and we hope that we'll see you at some point in the future. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. With babes well, in arms. <laughs> with babes in arms, covered in sick. Uh, <laughs> you can tell I'm so excited for the next couple of weeks. Anyway, listener, we, we'll leave it there. But this is not the end of this season. I'm back next week with one more episode and I'll be joined by the wonderful Alex there. And Lucy, we're actually joined by an old friend as well. So Nicola Brady is back on the pod. And her episode for Dublin. But is it, yeah, she sort of covered Dublin and Ireland. Now she's just, she's zoning in on Ireland. She's giving us a bit of an update. And yeah, very, very excited to see Nicola. She's one of my faves. Yeah. Yeah, like big, amazing sort of contributor for like a local Dublin and has worked with us quite a lot since. And so, yeah, very excited for that one. But Lucy, it's goodbye from you though. It's goodbye from me. <laughs> I'll see you very soon at least. Where to Go is a podcast from DK Witness. It was produced by Julia Baker, presented by Lucy Richards and James Atkinson with the help of Bella Tolbert. For more information about DK Witness, follow us on social media at DK Witness or visit dk.com forward slash eyewitness. And please like and follow the show. And if you have time, leave a review. Your support means so much to us. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.